Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awakened Church. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Called Getting Close. We are getting close. Uh, getting close. Everybody say that. Getting close. Uh, you don't necessarily have to get close to your neighbor, but look at, look at somebody near you and just say, getting, we're getting close. 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 Um, we're getting close to, um, to the Lord revealing where he wants us to be here in the very near future. As we're, as we're closing in on our time limit here, I just believe and I felt as I was reading this passage that we're getting close to where God is leading us. It's kind of the feeling of, um, of whenever you're almost, uh, you know, like you're traveling somewhere. And I, I remember going to mom and dad's up in West Virginia. Like whenever we were getting close, I would text her and just say, like, I'm getting close. We're getting close. And then like all the kids are like getting real excited and, and I'm getting excited. And there's all those questions like, are we there yet? And I'm like, no, no, but we're getting close. Are we there yet? No, but we're getting close. It's like this excitement that builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, but we're getting close. Anybody else feeling excited? Yeah. <laughs> we're getting close. Are we there yet? Not yet, but we're getting close. We're getting close. And I think that's what Jesus would, would often remind us of if we were listening and how he reminded his disciples, like, man, it, you're getting close. <laughs> you're getting close. Like his return is getting close, right? His return is getting close. He's not here yet, but he's getting close. His second coming is getting close. It's getting close. We're getting close to what he has for us and his plan unfolding. And in the midst is like this. It's kind of like when you're traveling and like you don't want to be in the car anymore, but you're like, oh, man, the destination is just around the corner. Like you don't want to be in the seatbelts. I remember we had friends traveling years ago, and they were like uh, from Florida to Ohio to see us, and they were like the seatbelts felt like chains. They're like, oh, the chains, the chains of all this long trip in seatbelts. Sometimes it can be very painful along the way. Right? When you're waiting on God to do something. But we're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting very close. We're getting 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 close. I think we should take comfort in that. We're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. God's calling people from Ohio. Last year, a couple years ago, he called Jimmy and Selena to come down and join us. Selena serves faithfully in the nursery almost every single week. And Jimmy blesses us by a smiling appearance right here. <laughs> Always such a help. But we're getting close, man. He's called all of us together in a place like this. We're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. We are already in chapter 11 of Mark. Isn't that pretty cool? We started out in chapter 1. Now we're in chapter 11 almost two years later. We, we're getting close. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have like five more chapters left, right, in Mark. We are getting close, man. We are not where we're going to be, but we're not where we were, right? We're not where we were. We are getting close. We're going to start with verse 1, and actually this is a Palm Sunday passage that we are going to read early because we just like to do things early. We're getting ahead of the game. 
preparing ourselves for Palm Sunday before Palm Sunday gets here. We're getting close. <laughs> Actually, this is just where we fell in the, the, the reading of Mark. But uh, So Mark chapter 11, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. So you can turn there in your Bible. Also, we'll have it on the screen here, I believe. Yep, so let's go. Um, follow along in your own Bible. I'll read it out loud. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples. So I just want to see, I want you to see the very first line. This is what stuck out to me, and I often tell you this is what happens in Bible study. There's a phrase, there's a word or two that sticks out to you, and when something sticks out to you, um, you, may, you may not even know if it's Holy Spirit highlighting something to you, but it just sticks out to you for some reason. Go with it. Pray about it. Study it out. Get yourself a concordance. Research it. All those great things because who knows what God's doing. So the words drew near or else get close. They're getting close. They're getting close. They're getting close. Now when they were getting close to Jerusalem or they drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat, untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found the colt tied at a door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting. Now, we can all do this part together. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. All right, so I caught you off guard there, but I'm going to give you one more try. We're going to rewind this because these are exclamations, and they were actually shouting. So we're just going to do this because I want to. All right? So, and those who went before and those who followed were shouting. Here we go. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. He went out to Bethany with the 12. So we are getting close. We're getting close. So what we have to remember when we're getting close is that Jesus is king. All right, I'm going to actually have a couple points to share with you. Um, but the first thing we got to remember is that Jesus is king. As we're getting close, Jesus is king. As we're getting close, Jesus is king. It's right in front of you. All right? He's king. It's right in front of you. He told, he told two disciples to go into the village right in front of them. That was chapter 11, verse 2. Right in front of them. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us. Sometimes we know it. 
sometimes we don't. <laughs> sometimes we just don't want to do what we know we should do. And me, just like others of you in the room, <laughs> will seek confirmation. Right? Because that's a very spiritual way of just oftentimes being scared to do what we know God is calling us to do or telling us to do. I've done it. I knew God for years was calling us to come down here. But I just had to be sure. You know, I just wanted to be sure. And I think the, our heart, my heart is right in this, and others of you who've told me, like, the confirmation, oftentimes we get confirmation, our heart is often right in this. But sometimes we can even use it as an excuse to procrastinate doing what we know God is calling us to do or wanting us to do. Well, I just have to be sure. You know, I was sharing with Jimmy and Emma the other night that Mother Teresa, when she had a couple people come to her and they asked her to pray for them for clarity, she said, no, I'm just going to pray for you to trust. I'm not going to pray it becomes clear. I'm just going to pray for you to trust, to trust the Lord. Right? So the only way is to it and through it. The only way is to it and through it. What we should do is call it like it is. Sometimes we just procrastinate doing what we know we should do. But Jesus is king. He said, go into the village right in front of you. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us. There's a term in, um, in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, that it's called whenever someone hits the wall. right? Like They go, they go through the beginning stages of detox, and then right after detox, they hit the wall stage where it's like everything becomes real again. Like, oh, man, it's taken a long time. Um, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Like, you know, everything for a little while, once you get off the drugs or once you get off the alcohol, it's, it's all good. Like, you get this, like, the honeymoon phase, but then, but then you hit a wall. And the only way through the wall is through the wall. <laughs> you have to persevere through the wall. Right? And sometimes we feel like there's a wall in front of us with whatever transition we're facing, like there's a wall, but what, the only way through it, or to, well, the only way past that wall is to it and through it. Right? Don't go around it anymore. He said, go in the village right in front of you. Jesus is king. Amen? So we're getting close, and Jesus is king. And if he's truly king, we're going to start like, like acting on what he's called us to do and what he's telling us to do what he's leading us to do, the subtle promptings and everything. If he's really king, then we're going to look at what he's putting right in front of us <coughs> to do. Amen? Amen. So, so, and then he, then he says uh, he, the word immediately there, like when they enter into the town, that that was going to be, that there was immediately going to be this cult there. It was going to be, some, it was going to be immediately there. I love the instruction immediately except when I don't. If you ask my wife, I'm a little bit slow at things. That's only her perspective. I'll get up three hours before everybody else, and I'll still be the last one in the car. <laughs> you be careful. You be careful if you're sitting next to someone who has a similar tendency. Just be careful. All right? But I love that word, except when I don't. The word immediately, because that's the only way the two guys would have found what Jesus told them to look for. It was right there when they came into the village. Go to the village in front of you, immediately you're going to find this donkey. Right? What if they would have passed it? What if they would have missed that one adverb immediately? Right? 
It seems to be just a very small part of the passage, but, but, but what we consider small sometimes are these, these adverbs, these, these ways that the Lord is telling us to act, right? Like right now, it's, it's stay and wait for us. We're like, ah, yeah, but, ah, yeah, but, stay and wait. No. We're looking, we're pressing in, we're getting close, stay and wait. The word to these disciples was immediately you'll find it. And some, we cannot overlook these, these things, these, these little adverbs, these specific ways that the Lord teaches us or tells us to act because they're important, right? The immediately's, the immediately's, the immediately's was right there. The thing is about the immediately's, though, is that we miss it more than we make it usually because of our tendency to not look at what's in front of us, our tendency to procrastinate, our tendency to want to be sure, we often miss these immediately. So I remember, and Shira, you'll, you'll agree with this, whenever we were first being trained with words of knowledge, um, the trainer, um, the, the, the spiritual gift words of knowledge, the trainer would say, if you hear a word of knowledge, you know, don't delay, don't, 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 don't wonder and think about it, well, is this really from the Lord, or should I go right now, or what should I do with this word? Like, if you hear the word of knowledge, then you should be really quick to give the word of knowledge because you're gonna think yourself out of giving the word of knowledge, right? Yeah, you know, think yourself out of it. You gotta be quick to do what God's calling us to do. And this is how the disciples were, had to act in this minute because Jesus is king. Remember, we're getting close. Jesus is king, right? Sometimes we can walk right past what God is trying to do because we're not used to the immediately's. Sometimes we can walk right past what God's trying to do because we're not used to the immediately's. Then we think, man, what if? What if only, <clears throat> like some years or months later, we're carrying this burden, right? And Jesus here is telling the disciples to go get this donkey, which is a burden bearer. Right? So sometimes when we are not in the immediate leads or we're not obeying God quickly, <laughs> We'll find ourselves carrying a burden, but how good is Jesus that even in this passage, he's providing a burden bearer, the beast of burden, this donkey, for his disciples. Right, they had to go find this, this, this donkey. He was, he was providing a way through. But oftentimes we've missed it, and so we're carrying this burden of, man, I missed this, or I didn't do this right, or whatever. But he's providing a burden bearer this donkey, this beast of burden. I'm thankful that he's reminding us that he's king. Amen? The Lord needs it is the next thing in that passage that we see in those early verses is that the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. Oftentimes we say things, and I've said things too, which are true in certain contexts, like the Lord doesn't need it, but he wants it. The Lord doesn't need your money, but he wants it for your sake. He doesn't need your tithe, but he wants your tithe. For your sake and to build his kingdom. And, and so some, sometimes those, those things are true, right? It's not like the Lord needs our worship to like build him up like because he, he wants to feel better, better about himself. No, 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 no. In this case, the answer for the disciples, whenever somebody was going to ask them about the donkey, their response was what? The Lord needs it. <laughs> the Lord needs it. It's important to realize that some things the Lord needs, 
Some things the Lord needs, like this donkey. Like, why in the world would you need this donkey? Of all things, why would you need this donkey? What he needs from you and me is whatever we're used to putting our burdens on other than him. That's what he needs. I'll say that again. What he needs from me and you is whatever we're used to putting our burdens on besides him. That's what he needs. He needs it because a donkey was a beast of burden. Bring it to me. I need it. I need that thing that's used to bearing burdens. I need that thing. If I'm putting too much of my burdens on Joe, now you have to share. We're, we're sharing, right? But you're not savior. You're not king. Right? The Lord wants me to bring my friendships. He wants me to bring my marriage. He wants me to bring my career. He wants me to bring all of these things that usually I, I, put, I put so much undue pressure and weight on. Bring these things that usually you cast your burdens on, Jeremy. I need them. I need them. I need those things. Why in the world would he need it? Well, he's going to go ahead and ride on, what you, <laughs> on it. He's going to ride on that donkey, and he's going to show us that he's king over all the stuff and greater than what we usually trust in or rely on. Right, bring it to me. Right? I'm greater. I'm, I, he's greater than our marriage. He's greater than our spouse. He's greater than our friends. He's greater than our church or our pastor. He's king. Jeremy's not king. You're not king. The board is not king. Jesus is king. Right? He's going to ride in on that stuff, showing that he is greater than all of the things that usually we, we, we put our trust in what we rely on. I'm greater than it, but you got to bring it to me. I need it. Once you bring it to me, I'll ride in on it. I'll sit on it. <laughs> I'll perform. Here's what he's doing. He's watching over his word to perform it, Jeremiah 1.12 says. He's watching over his word to perform it. Jeremiah 1.12, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. What word is he performing? He is performing Zechariah chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Is he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal, the foal of a donkey? I need it because I'm trying to... I'm trying to work my word out in your life. I'm trying to fulfill my promises for you, but if you won't bring me what I'm asking you to bring me, if you won't, do, if you won't get, get, get the message of the immediately's and, and the answers that are right in front of you, you'll, you'll never experience what I'm watching over to perform for you. You've got to give me what I need. I'm asking that from you. I'm telling you that I need this, what you usually trust in, because I need to work out my word in your life. His word won't work if you don't bring it. If you don't bring him what he's asking, what he's telling you to bring, his word won't work. There's no shortcuts to this. He's watching, he is zealous over his word to perform this word. This is, this is why he's riding into Jerusalem to fulfill this very word. He's watching over it, but he chose to use two little, two, not two little disciples, I don't think they were little, but he chose to use two disciples to bring him a little donkey to fulfill his word. There wasn't a shortcut here. It wasn't like an A, B, C, or D. Like, can I do this? One. 
Do I have to do this immediately? Can I get around this some other way? It's really awkward asking, going and untying this thing and bringing it and all this stuff. No. Like, got to bring it to him. He's getting us to the point. Check it out. He's getting us to the point in our life. He wants to get us because he loves us so much. He wants to get us to the point where we trust in him with all of our heart. And we don't lean to our own understanding. We bring him and we immediately obey him. We're quick to obey him. And we look at what he's put right in front of us. And we stop questioning and we stop looking for so much confirmation. And we're like, I know that's him. (laughs) Think about, (laughs) think about that. I know it's him. I know he's speaking to me, but hey. If you want to keep trying to add his instructions to your own way of doing life, you know, that's on you. That's on you. His, his grace will allow you to not trust in him with all, his, all your heart. His grace will allow you to lean on your own understanding. His grace will allow you to not bring him what you're trusting. His grace will allow it. But all the while, he's watching over his word, and he's zealous, and he sends you message after message to, to try to help us understand that we need to trust him with all our heart. And don't look past that little donkey that you think is insignificant, the, thing, the little thing that you're trusting in, right? That little burden bearer. Bring it to him because he's watching over his word to fulfill it. He's watching over. Can you imagine that? He watches over his word to fulfill it for you in the smallest of details. The smallest of details. Man. But we have to be the ones to release it. Jesus told them to untie the donkey, bring it to him. He could have done it all himself, right? He chose, but he chose to involve them. Why? Because in our relationships with him, there are certain things that only you can release and bring to him. There are certain things that only we can release and bring to him. There are certain things that only we can release and bring to him. Right? We have to be willing to release it. I saw, a, it was really strange. I wasn't expecting to, to hear God in this last night as I was watching a, a YouTube video. He's actually a very popular streamer. And, and he was talking about how he had a horrible relationship with his dad. And he, throughout his, throughout his, his upbringing, like he had this bad relationship with his dad. His dad was an alcoholic. And, and so he just grew very distant from his dad. But he had this picture of his dad and him that he drew when he was just a little little boy throwing a football. And so his dad was throwing it and he was catching it and it was at the Super Bowl. And so, so now as a big time YouTube streamer, they actually sent him a couple tickets and he invited his dad to come to the Super Bowl with him. But on the bottom of the screen and in this YouTuber's words, he was reading scripture and trusting what God said about releasing, forgiving. So there's some things that only you can do, right? 
He's not gonna forgive the people that have hurt you for you. I mean, he'll, he'll forgive them when they ask, but he's not gonna forgive them. You have to forgive them in your relationship, right? He's, you have to release them. You have to release these things. You have to release what he's asking for you. And if, he's, and if he says to forgive others, it's not like a, yeah, but what about what they did to you or what happened to you? You gotta release it, untie it, let it go, <laughs> right? Untie it, let it go. And that's just one example. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and, and hurry up here. But bring it to Jesus. Release that person or that thing. Bring it to Jesus. Release it. We've got to practice this pretty often in our lives, don't we? We've got to release it and bring it. We've got to release it and bring it. Oftentimes in our, in our marriage relationships, we've got to release it and bring it. We've got to release the offense and we've got to bring it to the Lord. Jeremy, that was just you, but I heard you. In our friendships, we've got to release it and bring it. In our, in our family relationships, we've got to release them and bring them to the Lord. Right? This is how we gotta live. We have to live, right? Or else we're gonna be so entrapped with roots of bitterness that we will be we will be rendered ineffective and forget it about obeying the Lord in the immediately. He's like, this is right in front of you. <laughs> Do it. Right? You keep hitting a wall for a reason. You keep hitting a wall in your relationship for a reason. Like you, you have to go, go through this thing. You gotta persevere through this thing. What is it that you need to release and bring to Jesus? Listen, I have to release and bring to Jesus this transition because I didn't see this coming and I've talked about it the last three weeks, right? I gotta release it and bring it. Yeah, Lord, but I gotta release it and bring it. We have to release the different issues in our families, the things that we're facing. I gotta release it and I gotta bring it. Release it, I gotta untie it. Just, it, it. He's watching over his word to fulfill it for you. And his word won't be fulfilled unless you're willing to release it and bring it. Think about the great plan that just a, such a small act worked in the light in the for the salvation of all of humankind that would that would call on the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is what happened. He rode into Jerusalem and five six days later he would die on a cross. Three days after that he would rise from the grave. And it all started with two disciples who were sent into a village to 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 untie and release <laughs> or untie and bring. Untie your, well, that sounds weird. Untie your kids, I was going to say, but <laughs> I hope they're not tied up. <laughs> Don't tie, sometimes we feel like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jasmine's like, whoa, I didn't know. <laughs> not you, Jasmine. Just, uh, uh, but man, I mean, seriously, seriously, just the offenses that you carry from your kids or your grandkids or husbands or wives, you got to just untie it. This is a spiritual thing. He's watching over his word. He's zealous for you today to untie and bring it. You can't live under those burdens. He's the burden bearer. He's king. Remember, we're getting close. He's either king or he's not, right? 
He's either king or he's not. And so we just choose to choose to call him king because what's it say here? Rejoice greatly. <laughs> Behold, your king is coming to you. That's what Palm Sunday is. That's what the season we're heading into. He is king. Behold, he's, he is king. And that's the beauty of surrender, that Jesus takes what we give him, breaks it in the presence of such a humble king, <laughs> and gives it back. Can we get a worship hat on, guys? Thank you. Jesus, this is the beauty of surrender, and I'll, sh- I'll share the rest of it next week because I have a lot more to share. But here's the beauty of surrender. The beauty of surrender is that Jesus takes what we give him, breaks it, and gives it back. That's what, this, that's what he did for this colt, this, this donkey. Right? It wasn't just he's mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey, and, and the gospel writers would say, that it had never been ridden before, right? So he takes this colt and he breaks it. He doesn't keep it. That would have been stealing. The Lord doesn't steal. <laughs> he tells his disciples, or he says, then they're gonna, he's going to return it, so he gives it back. I think that's such a beautiful picture of what the Lord does, right? Is that When we untie it, we bring it to him. He's going to break it. In other words, when we bring it to him, he's going to sit on it and take lordship, right? He's going to take take control because after all, we're not very good at controlling things. I want to, but I'm just not good at it. My flesh wants to control, but I'm not good at it. It is going to break it. And he's going to give it back. In other words, like I, when I'm praying for my children, I can't be so, so tied to them that everything that they do like sends me higher or lower or that I'm carrying offense against them or whatever whatever it may look like. But he says, untie them. Bring them to me. Bring them to me in prayer, which is what we've been doing for so long. Allow him, pray for his lordship over them. Right? Pray for him to break them. Come on, guys. We have to pray. When we bring him to him, he's going to break them. Break them in the best possible way. Because can't, he can't ride on them unless they're broken. He can't, he can't be king of them unless their heart accepts him and there's, there's brokenness and then he comes in and fills it, right? So he, he takes what we bring him and he breaks it and then he gives it back. He, he takes our dreams, right? He takes our ambitions. I'm going to bring these dreams because as long as I am clinging to my ambition, it becomes selfish. And he's like, nope, I, wanna, I want that. Jeremy, I want that. I mean, have that selfish ambition. Untie, your, untie that. Give it to me. And I give it to him. He breaks it. Makes it what it's supposed to be because of his kingship, of his lordship. Then he's going to give it back to us. It's not that he wants us void of all ambition and dreams, but 
He wants to be king of those dreams. Right? He wants to be king of those dreams. He wants to be the king of our calling. He wants to be the king. If he's not king, if it's not broken, then we're trying to hold on. We're holding on to it. Bring it to him and let him break it. He breaks our careers. He breaks our loves. He breaks our friendships. Financial pressures. And returns them quickly, but in their right place. Under his lordship. Under his lordship. So just let him, let him be the Lord. And that's what he's showing us. And we're getting close. We're getting close. And some of you are like, I don't know if I can take any more breaking. Just be real. I mean, some of us feel like that. That's our emotions. We feel like that. I don't know if I can take any more breaking. What if, what if whenever we feel like we're the most broken, that's whenever he's really gaining the most lordship and the taking, taking charge the most? You like that, don't you, Susan? Right? When we're about to give up because we feel the most broken, that's whenever he is actually sitting down on the, on the colt, on the burden that we've been bearing. He's like, nope, I'm sitting down here. <laughs> this is my place. Right? We're about to give up because of all the brokenness. And he's like, no, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. That's revelation for you today. I'm right here. I'm the king in the midst of your brokenness. That's the heart of the father. It's his heart. And we're getting close, but don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. Because Friday's coming, Sunday's coming. There's so much more ahead, but you can't give up in the breaking. All of us in the room have had so many opportunities to give up, and we felt like giving up, but the Lord just steps in and says, Nope, I'm king. You can't do it, you can't go there. Right? So remember, he's king. We're getting free here. We're going into immediacy and away from procrastination. We're going into immediacy and away from procrastination. There's things that even today that he's calling you to release. Stop procrastinating. Stop procrastinating. He's calling you into immediacy. You got to untie it. Boom. So we're getting close. I have two more wonderful points, but 
I'm going to save those. Why don't you just bow your heads with me? Just tell the Lord what, what you've been thinking of. If there's anything as I've been preaching that just kind of hit you, as we say around here, that's something that hit your heart just fresh, just, just tell the Lord about it. Just, just talk to him about that thing. Maybe you need to untie, uh, maybe perseverance in the brokenness, whatever it, whatever it is for you, um, just tell him about it. I'm just going to take just, just a moment. Just, just go ahead. Just let it be immediate. Come on, just let it be immediate. I need to untie this thing. And I know it's right in front of me, but you're calling me to untie it. You're calling me to trust you <laughs> to break it. What is it? Just tell them. Lord, we surrender to you today. We surrender to you today, and we just say you are king. You are king. You are king. You are king. I am not. I just relinquish my kingship over that, and I just say you are king. I give you control. I give you control. I'd rather have what you break than everything else that I'm trying to hold together. I'd rather have what doesn't make sense to me, but you've instructed me to do or to bring or to untie or whatever, than everything that I rely on in my own understanding. Because today is a day where I begin to trust you with all my heart. Not part of it. I'm not asking you to add understanding to what I'm doing. I just want to trust you with all my heart. That part of me that, that, is, that is prone to wandering, prone to procrastinating. Today, in our flesh, God, just, just kill that part of our flesh today. <laughs> we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Not us, but he lives within us. The son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the life I now live by faith in the Son of God. It's not by faith in my own efforts or my own actions and the Son of God. It's by faith in the Son of God because he's king. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure you like and share the podcast. And if you're ever in the Highlands County area, uh, make sure you stop by and visit us. Uh, we're located at 1121 uh, Memorial Drive in Avon Park, Florida. Uh, we'd love to meet you here.